I have to extend condolences to the Rouser family and the Maruna family. This week, we have lost a couple giants in the spirit, and uh, I feel sharp today, so I have to, like, I know when I feel like this, I got to be careful, because I feel like kicking the devil in the throat, you know, so, so uh, I got to be careful. Uh, blue flame hot, you don't want to hurt people. Uh, so when I, I, I say, you know, two giants went home to be with the Lord, I, I can't help but feel the incredible responsibility of their departure. You know, and I don't know if, you, if you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down, but, you know, we're in a season right now, you know, where saints are crossing over. And it's, it's, it's frightening. I'll tell you why it's frightening. It's frightening because uh, if we don't get the saints' grandchildren into the house of the Lord, and if we don't put the word of the Lord in their spirit... If we, don't, if, we don't, if we don't give them the coat of their grandparents, we're in trouble. You know, they're in trouble. We'll be gone. Isaac will be gone. Jacob will be left. And all of his grandchildren will inherit all of hell and the force thereof if we don't deposit in them the kingdom of our God and of his lordship. You hear what I'm saying? It is time for the bride. Your bride. Your bride. Wake up. I mean, two saints that pulled their feet up into their bed like matriarchs and patriarchs pulled their feet up into the bed and died in faith. Went on to be with the Lord. And my question is, where are their grandchildren right now? And it keeps me up at night. You know, it keeps me up. I can't sleep. Because I'm like, oh my goodness. I, I turn on the TV and I, I listen to what's happening in the world. And my spirit is in travail. Thinking, my God, what has happened? All hell's breaking loose. People don't know if they're men or if they're, they're women. We got women, we got men winning awards for women. We got men beating up on women while men of faith sit by and do nothing. This is ridiculous, man. I'm so tired of having this conversation. Saints of the living God. Go get your grandchildren this week. Lay hands on them. Cast the devil right out of them spirit of perversion of this age the ideology and philosophy of this age must die in Jesus name enough is enough no confusion as to biology we all know a man from a woman why do we tolerate such foolishness pigs don't even tolerate this nonsense pigs rather run off a cliff and die rather than be possessed by the demons we're allowing to tempt us and tolerate Pigs themselves would run off a mountain and die and say, I'm not about to be possessed with that. I'd rather die than be possessed with that perversion. 
But we go ahead and mess around with it, turn it on, tolerate it, let it harass our children. So tired of it. It got nothing to do with what I'm going to preach about today. You're going to need this today. I'm so... It's just done. Well, I mean, you got to be done with this. You got to be. You got to be done with with being intimidated by Pharaoh. You got to be finished with being intimidated with Rome. I mean, who really cares? You got to take back Sunday. You better take back Sunday. Isaac, I'm talking to you, Isaac. You better, yeah, you better take back Sunday. You, you better stop taking your kids over to lost nations. You hear what it's called? There's a sports complex, right? Uh, less than a quarter mile from here, it's called lost nations. And we wonder why our children, and instead of bringing them to the house of the Lord on Sunday and teaching them that Sunday is sacred, we take them to lost nations to allow them to indoctrinate them. Because we believe they're going to be the next great athlete. You're a break. Better teach your son and daughter how to be a man, how to be a woman, because the world's running out of them. I mean, the world's running flat out. Tell them to teach to put their phone down instead of recording perversion. Enter, get in the middle of it and say, not, not while I'm alive, not while I'm breathing air. We better teach them moral truth and moral value, clarification of, of what it means to live right and love everybody and to pray hard. I mean, it's time. We're well past the hour. Let's receive the offering. Amen, amen. Let's receive the offering. Father, Father, thank you that you give vision to your people. You're, you're in the presence of the Lord. We're not waiting for eternal life, church. We have union with eternal life now. Eternal life now. Kingdom come now. If you are one with Christ, you're not waiting for eternal life. You're here to bring eternal life. So what happens in this, in this house is important. The vision of God for a region is the most important thing. So I, I, I implore you. Attach yourself to the vision of God for this region. It will, open, it will open blind eyes. It will resurrect the dead. It will cause a generation to come back to life. 
But only the vision of God will do that. Only the breath of God will do that. The ideologies of this world, the empty philosophies of this world, the pleasures of this world will not do it. I I tell you that God has resources and he is the source of every resource and this is the hour to attach yourself to the vision of heaven. Meaningfully. You know, it's time for matriarchs and patriarchs to have hard conversations with adults. Yeah, I'm talking 20s and 30-year-olds. What you doing living in my basement? I know I got to be quiet. You pray that hard. You pray that hard for that long? We pray that hard for that long to let it slip away in this hour? So, hey, Abraham, Abraham, hey, I just want to tell you, I'm telling you, you are the greatest generation. All the elders in the house standing your feet. I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, I want to clap my hands for you, and I want to say thank you for keeping the faith, and I, I want to repent to you. I want to repent to you for allowing to happen what has happened on our watch. I say I'm sorry that I didn't fight more diligently. I say I'm sorry that I didn't, I didn't lay down the foundation stronger than I have, but I say I'm committed to it. I'm committed to it. I say I'm not letting go of it, elders. But here, don't you bend the truth. Don't you dare bend the truth because he's intimidating. Because everybody's doing it and you don't want to hurt their feelings. I'd re- Listen, get, hurt their feelings, but don't let them go to hell. Hurt their feelings, but don't you let them inherit perversion. Don't let your great, great, great grandchildren inherit perversion as normal. So I bless you. I mean, I mean it when I say that I honor you and I bless you. And I pray the word of the Lord shall not return empty. I declare the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. If God said it, my God, he's going to do it. If God declared it, my God, it's going to be what he called it. It's not going to be anything less than what he called it. It's going to be exactly what he called it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much. So as we receive the offering today, thank you so much for supporting the vision of heaven for this region. I'm sorry. I'm tired, guys. I'm tired, man. So, so thank you for supporting the vision. A piece of concrete out there needs replaced. going to cost about $12,000 this week. Got to do that. There's lots to do in the kingdom. Um, we're, we're committed to uh, the vision of God that he has for this region, for your family. We're committed to to blessing and being a blessing. Let's pray for it as you hold it up. Hold it up before God and let's pray for it. Pray for it. Come on, hold it up. Come on, let's declare a thing over it. God, we declare freedom. 
we rebuke the enemy with this seed. We rebuke his work in our life, in our children's, children's, children's life. We declare the power of heaven is available to our seed. We bless the seed today. We bless the seed today and declare it shall return according to your word, exactly as you have spoken, full of power, full of purpose, God, full of the promises of heaven. Bless this seed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, as I get started today, uh, prime timers are meeting this week, and I just want to encourage all the prime timers to get together because, you know, when you guys pray, good things happen in the kingdom. So, hey, uh, I need, uh, what I need is some, some fathers who know how to make a paper airplane. You know how to make one? Now, listen to me, man. Listen to me. Don't come up here and make no sorry airplane. All right? Now, okay, let me ask a question. Where are you going to take this to make it? You need a flat surface. You can't be making a paper airplane on this carpet. All right, go make it then now. Go make it. I need one more. I need a, I need a father, a dad that knows how to make a... None of y'all know how to make a... There, I knew he would stand. I knew it. I knew it. He wasn't about to let that happen. He, he's asking his wife, give me, that, give me that flat surface. I need a flat surface right now. Listen, I want to I tell you as they're making those paper airplanes that, uh, <laughs> he's put it on his head, and that if you fold it right, it'll fly. If you fold it right, it'll fly. But you got to fold it right. Hezekiah in 2 Kings, this isn't my text, this is just one of them, but 2 Kings 2 or 20 verse 10 says, Hezekiah answered, and he said, it's an easy thing for the shadow to go down forward 10 degrees. He's talking about a sundial, a clock. He says, it's easy for the clock to go forward. It's easy for time to move forward. So don't, don't move it, don't move time forward for me, God. Hezekiah had, uh, he was a king, and he had, he was, he was a good king. He was a good king. And he was, you know, you read the scriptures and he was, you know, like he was better than all the other kings, the Bible says. He was the, he was the best king. And at the end of his life, though, things started to unravel. He made a, he, you know, he just made a couple bad decisions. He compromised just slightly, just slightly, not e- nothing even major. He, 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 you know, the enemy came against him, and he got, he got intimidated like you do when the enemy comes against you. He got intimidated, and the enemy started threatening me and saying, hey, man, you got to give me this, and you got to give me that. And, and so without consulting the Lord, he goes into the house of the Lord, and he strips it of all its gold, and he pays him. Ah, he didn't consult the Lord. So he just made... He just, you know, nothing major, nothing major, but, but, but enough. And he gets to the end of his life. He's a king, remember. He gets to the end of his life. And the prophet comes to him one, one Sunday and says, hey, you, you. and this is the difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets, in case you were wondering. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah comes to him and tells him what he already knows and then offers no remedy. Yo, man, if you're going to prophesy to me, 
at least bring me the answer to the problem when you prophesy. This is what the cross does. The cross of Christ, it fixes the Old Testament prophet and forces their eyes to see, the, see everything, see everyone through the lens of salvation. So Isaiah, uh, uh, Hezekiah already knew he was going to die. He was, he, was, he was sad about it, broken about it, knew he was going to die. And the prophet comes to him and says, you know, get yourself in order. And, and the prophet turns, thank you, I just set him right up there. And the prophet, we're going to get to that later. We're going to really get to that one later. <laughs> they ain't going to fly, son. They ain't going to fly, you know what I mean? And the prophet, prophet says, get your stuff in order. Then he said, then he just walks out and leaves. What good's a prophet tell you something you already know, man, if he ain't going to go to God and ask you, hey, can you go to God and ask him some stuff for me? Since you're seeing all this stuff, can you go ask God some stuff that actually helped me rather than depress me? You got a word to give in this house, it, it better go through the lens of Calvary. You bringing a word in this house, it better, it better end with the salvation of Jesus. Don't, get, don't come with, with just the problem. That was one of the things Dr. Cades and, you know, you, we were never allowed when he was here. You never brought a problem to staff meeting that did not have an answer. And, and, and your answer better be longer than your problem. Right? You don't bring, right? We wasn't allowed to bring problems to the table that were longer than our answers to those problems. If, you, if he caught you complaining at the table more than you were edifying at the table, you got corrected. Yeah. So, so the king, there's some, listen, kings, queens, there's some days you're just going to have to turn your face to the wall, and you're going to have to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And you're going to have to ask God for yourself. You're going to have to ask God. That ain't going to work neither, man. <laughs> Thing ain't gonna fly. I ain't gonna fly, man. But you got, you got some fairy dust on that. I ain't gonna fly. You know who? I can tell who, who knows how to make stuff fly. The elder in the house knows how to make a plane fly. I can stay on my message now. Listen. Y'all going to be embarrassed when I go to throw these things in the room. That's okay. That's so, 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 so he prays and he said, God, give me more. And before the prophet leaves his property, he hears the prayers were answered, comes back and tells him, God gave you more. Man, there's so much there. God, God wants to give you more. And then there's a sign of, of that fact. This is really good because God, God never gives you a promise without giving you 
a confirmation of the promise. He says to him, he says, now, as a sign that this is true, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to move time forward 10 degrees? Or do you want me to take time back 10 degrees? And the king said, time always moves forward. That's really not hard for you to do, God. I've seen time move forward in my life. I've watched time disappear, run through my hands like water. I've watched time just, just evaporate from my life. I look back and, and, and ask myself, where did the time go? It's nothing, God, for you to move time in the continuum that's forward. But God, but God, here's the supernatural, God. Can you make it go back? Can you take me back? back in time. Oh God, yeah, I, I don't want you to move it forward, God. I want you to take me back. I want you, God, to take me back. Can you, can you, can you take me back and let me redo some stuff? Can you take me back and let me fix some stuff? Because if I had it to do all over again, I'd do some things different than, I'm, than I have done. God, can you take me back with my children? Can you take me back to, with, my, with my husband or with my wife? Can you take me back, God, and let me repair some of the things that I didn't do right. Can you take me back? I want to go back, God. I just want to go back because I want to do over. I want to start over. I want a new beginning. I want a new God, can we start new? Can we, can we, just, can we just start new? There's this poem I read occasionally in Every time I read it, it gets me. It's called A New Sheet. It says, he came to my desk with a quivering lip. The lesson was done. Have you a new sheet for me, dear teacher? I've spoiled this one. I took his sheet, all soiled and blotted, and gave him a new one, all unspotted. And into his tired heart I cried. Do better now, my child. I went to the throne with a trembling heart. The day was done. Have you a new day for me, dear master? I've spoiled this one. He took my day all soiled and blotted, and he gave me a new one all unspotted. And into my tired heart he cried, Do better now. Much. And God offers us a new start. He offers us a new birth. Anytime we come to Him and we say, God, I've spoiled this day, can I get a new one? He offers a brand new sheet. A brand new start, a brand new beginning, a new birth. John 3, verse 3, Nicodemus, who you would think would know, just a lesson to us all. 
to avoid spiritual arrogance at all costs. Now, I know you've been around for a while, Nicodemus. I know you know the scriptures well. But do you know what it means to be regenerated? To be born again. Nicodemus said, I don't understand. I just don't get it. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Regeneration is defined as the impartation of divine life which is manifested in that radical change in the moral character of man. From the love and life of sin to the love of God and the life of righteousness. Regeneration is inner cleansing and renewal of the human nature by the Holy Spirit. Mankind's spiritual condition is transformed from a disposition of sin to one of a new relationship with God. Regeneration involves both moral restoration and the reception of new life. The idea of regeneration is expressed as rebirth, being born again. This new birth suggests the newness of life in Christ. The process of regeneration is not brought about by human righteousness, but by the gracious act of a loving father. There are three things I want you to know today. That when God regenerates, he doesn't use an eraser. When God regenerates, he begets. And when God regenerates, he gives his power. When God regenerates, he doesn't use an eraser. It's a brand new sheet. John 3, verse 3 says you are born brand new. You are actually born spiritually. And with the rebirth or the new birth of your spirit, comes brand new life. No, nothing on it. It's hard for us to understand this concept because we're so used to, to, to what we've written on this life. You know, we've got, we've got a narrative that we've formed in the natural, by our natural life. And there's some things that we believe that, that should take place. So we take note of them and we write them down. And inevitably, time has a way of smudging you. You go back and you, you, oh no, I didn't mean, I didn't mean for that to happen. 
I didn't mean for that to take place in my life. I didn't know if I did that, that it would result in that. I didn't know the catastrophic mistakes it would make. I didn't, I didn't realize the implications to my future or to my children. I didn't realize that if I did, maybe if I could just wash it away, maybe if I just turn the page over, maybe then, maybe then, maybe in my human reasoning, I can fix it. Let me go back and let me try to fix it with my wisdom. Maybe if I get, maybe if I get smart enough, I can, I can fix these problems that, that persist in my life. Maybe if I, maybe if I go to a counselor, psychologist, that's it. If I get my thoughts right, that's it. If I get my thoughts right, I can get rid of the wrinkles in my life. And we try to make our lives new by our own efforts. And we try to put it together in God. God offers a new life without smudge, without wrinkle. He said, if you just come to me, and here's the thing about new life, you know, it's like you don't, you don't have to, uh, you know, everything that you did accomplish here, and some of us, man, we did some amazing things here. I mean, I got to tell you, some of the stuff you did here, it was impressive. I mean, Hope, look, man, some of the stuff you did, it's impressive. Like with, with what God gave you and what you did, your talents are impressive. They're, it's really good. I mean, you really know how to sing, Ashley. You're really good. You're really good. And, and so you're like, no, I don't want to let go of what I'm really good at. I don't want to forfeit this. I don't just want to throw this away, God. And God's like, that's good. Because you don't. Because I make all things work for your good. So I want you to know if you, you, can, you can be born again every day. You can come back again tomorrow and say, God, I spoiled this one. You know how many times I've come to God and said, God, I messed up. I spoiled this one, God. I made mistakes. I, I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. I repent. And he's, he's like, it's okay. Throw that one away. Here's a brand new one for you. Here's a brand new one. And guess what? You don't lose anything. You don't lose anything in his plan for you. That's the one that works. So we're going to keep that one. Don't worry. I won't step on that one. So I want you to know that it, you, you don't throw anything away. He uses everything. He takes only the good. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. I mean, every talent, every, every, you know, every ability, he, pull, he, he takes it right off the one that's smudged and he puts it right on the brand new one. And he continues your story, but with his pen. It's your story, but he now is the one writing your story. You should give him praise right there. So I need you to know that God is not trying to clean up the old you. He's birthing a new you, God, take me back. Take me back, God. I made some mistakes. I shouldn't have, I should have went right when I went left. God, take me back. And that's 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if, you, if anyone, anyone who is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away Behold, all 
things become new. Everything in your life becomes new. Your children, your covenant of marriage, everything, your job, everything, your ministry, everything, your garden in the backyard, everything comes with you and becomes new with you if you will just ask God. Take me back. If you'll do it, God will do it for you. When God regenerates, he begets. Oh, this is good. You see, when God births you, he gives you his nature. When God, see, in, in John 3, verse 3, it says, you must be born again. You must be born, what? Of the Spirit. You must be born of the Spirit. When you, see, now, you, before you're born of the Spirit, you have the nature that is fallen of this world. You're born with that. that you're prepackaged to sin, man. You're good at it, too. No, right? You ever see a kid sin? You're like, how did you? Man, did I give that to you? Sometimes my kids will do something. I go, ooh, man, he got a double portion of my fallen nature. Sometimes I love watching my older boys. Boy, I say, woo-wee. But when you're born again, you get a double portion of your risen nature. You get... The elder said, no, man, I'm not going to have this man stepping on my, I got to put this back up here. When you are born again, you receive the genetic makeup of your father. Genesis says you now, you're now made in his image and his likeness. And, and look, even if even if you hold on to the old, once you're born again, there's nothing you can do to get rid of the form that you have. This means that Ephesians 4, 24 says that you put on a new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. In this, you see... God begets you. You become his son. You become his daughter. You take on his character. You take on his nature. And a part of who he... Now, once you take on his character and his nature, he begins to bend you. He begins to fold you And fold his image into you. And this is the part we don't necessarily enjoy. When he begins to put his hands on us and he begins to fold us in ways that we do not want to bend towards. He, he begins to systematically, because what he's making, he's making you into the image of his son. So he folds you in such a way that that's contrary 
to your natural form. You're just a, you're just, I'm a sheet of paper. But when God grabbed me, he started to put his hands on me. Nobody likes when God puts their, his hands on them. You know, it's one thing for man to put their hands on you. Another thing, when God puts his hands on you, he starts pressing you in your life and he starts folding you in ways in your life that you don't understand. And suddenly, like, you, you don't understand why the things that are happening to you are happening to you but in the end you not you need to understand that you are being folded into the image of something greater than your current reality that he's forming you into the image of his son he folds you into his because power without proper engineering is dangerous. Before he gives you his power, he's got to make you like his son. We want it the other way. We say, God, give us the authority, and then we'll become like your son. And God says, not until you take on the form of a servant we understand the power that I'm going to give to you. Yes. And we resist the folding of life. We resist that God, don't fold me there. Don't touch me there. I, 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 I really don't. That's not very. Could you please stop? Could you please take, stop taking me? Could you please stop asking me to do things that I'm not comfortable doing? God, can you please just... Just, just don't touch me like that. But God will not quit on who he knows he made you to be. He's not giving up on you. He's not going to quit on you. He's not going to walk away. Even, even if you, even if you say, I'm done, once you receive the genetic composition that is divine. I need you to understand this, parents. Once your children made the confession of Christ in their life, flying is inevitable. Just, just because they resist the folding of the Lord does not mean that God is ever going to quit putting his hands on them. Come on, God's put his, God, put your hands on me. God, fold me. God, make me. You need, to, you need to let the devil know I'm being made into something today. God's making me into something greater than what you see now. God's got his hands on me. You better leave me alone. I just want you to know I may not look like much now, but I know that God has got his hands on my life. God has got his hands on my sons. God has got his hands on my marriage. God has got his hand on my church. God has got his hand on my nation. God's got his hands on me. So I'm being made into something 
That's greater than what you see today. So don't you judge what you see today. And we need, to, we need to understand that. Stop judging what you see today. Understand that if you sicked God on them, if you put God on them, then God put his hands on them. God's folding them into his image and his likeness. He'll use every affliction of this world to create exactly what he said they're going to be. If God said they're going to fly, you see, we want to focus on the flying and not on the folding. God focuses on the folding and not as much on the flying. We see our kids flying. We see ourselves flying. But God is in the folding. And God's folding you. Now, there's two things I want you to understand. If, these, if there's two secrets I could give the kingdom right now, this will be it. This, this will give you success for, for your entire life. These two words right here. Surrender and repentance. If, you, if you're looking to fly anytime in the near future, let me tell you something. You're going to have to lay down your will and say, God, fold me. I don't like it when you fold me like that, but God, fold me. I, I want to fly, so God, fold me. So you're going to have to surrender to the mighty hand of God on your life. If you ever want to fly in this life, you're going to have to surrender all of us want control. If, you, if you've ever been, like, if you've never really understood the allurement of power, you can see it now in the world. Oh, the mask has been taken off. Now we see, now we see Satan in all of his splendor. He does not care nothing about nothing but power. And we... We don't surrender. We hold on to our authority. God, I'll do it my way. God says, go ahead. I'll wear you out till you bend. I go ahead. Go ahead and keep thinking you could do that. But you'll come back to me and you'll let me bend you when you get good and tired. When, when, when this world wears you out, you'll come back. And I'll, say, I'll see you later. You're coming back to the bending and the folding of the Father. And Repentance. Listen, these two things, and you got to commit to it. Like, this is something we learned yesterday with Ken Roberts. you got to commit to it. There's nothing the enemy can do to a believer who's, who's all in. There's, like, if you, if you ever get to the place in your faith where you say, I'm never quitting. I'm never turning back. I'm all in forever. This is a, a zero-sum game, and I'm all the way in, and I'm either going to make it or I'm going to die trying. I'm telling you, if you get to that place in your faith, you will not lose. It's lights out for the devil. But that takes surrender and repentance. Repentance is an attack on your pride. Let me tell you something. You, want, you and I want to be right all the time. We want to tell them exactly what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. We want to give God some advice at times. God, let me, give you a little, let me give you a little word of advice. And God said, I don't need you. That's pride. I need you to repent and receive the kingdom of heaven that is near right now. Repent. I need you to change your way of belief. And I need you to think about you the way I think about you. And in order to do that, you're going to have to surrender your pride. You're going to have to understand that you, your thoughts are not my thoughts. That your ways are not my ways. 
And then finally, when God regenerates you, he gives you his power. After he forms you, he gives you his power. Mark 22, 2.22 says this. And no one puts new wine into old wineskin. Or else the new wine bursts the wineskin and the wine is spilled. And the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskin. You see, God knows that the old you could not hold the power of the trajectory of where he's taking you. The flight he's getting ready to, that he is preparing you for, the old you doesn't know how to fly. But the new you is built with the capacity for flight. So he had to, he had to get rid of the old you and bring forward the new you. The, the power that is being referenced here The form was Jesus. He was folding you. He's folding you into the form of his son Jesus, the likeness of his son Jesus. He's folding you to the fullness of the image of his son. The power, the power to create flight in the believer's life is the Holy Spirit. But he can't, you see, he can't make you fly until you become until you engineered right. See, if you fold it right, it'll fly. But if you fold it wrong, if you, if you take a little bit, if you fold it wrong, <laughs> and the problem is we want to fly before our time. And God's just not done folding yet. And when we try to fly before our time, well, there are souls on this plane. There are souls that are affected by our inability. We, we weren't, we're, not engineer, we're not done being put together yet. And so we got to be careful. We got to surrender and say, you're just not. And so we try to fly. We're going to try to fly before the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and before we're done being folded. And we're going to try to fly. Are we ready? I can fly. I I believe I can fly. I don't believe this plane's going to go nowhere. It's going to go down to the ground. And we try to fly. And we crash. And then we blame God and all of God's people for our own immaturity and our own inability. We left left before we should have. We wasn't done being formed yet. We wanted all the power. We wanted all of it. Say, God, give it to you. I'm ready to fly. You should let me fly. I'm ready to fly, Pastor. I should be flying by now. And say, no, you're not ready yet. You've got to be folded some more. A couple, a few more folds and you'll be there. A few more folds and you'll be there. Well, no, I think, I think I know. I think, listen, I've come up with a new way. 
Listen, I got a new revelation. I got a new revelation. I know, and you don't. You know how many times I hear that? No, no, I know. I know. God speaks to me too. Okay, yeah, cool. All right, go ahead. How'd that work out for you? You, a couple more folds, you'd have been all right, but you didn't want to listen to nobody. You just want to go ahead and do it your way. Look at you doing it your way. Surrender is how we fly. The Holy Spirit's empowerment is how we fly. What does Acts 1 verse 8 tell us? What does this say? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You are regenerated for a greater reality. Nope, it flies, baby. It flies. That'll fly. You see what I'm saying? You've been regenerated for a greater reality. Jesus said, unless you be born again, you can't even see it. But if you be born again, you'll begin to tap into the new you, the new reality that God has for you. God wants you to fly, but not before your time, not before he's done folding you, not, not before he's done correcting. And can't correct nobody today because they know they got Google. I got Google, Pastor. I got the same notes you got. No, I got, I got Jesus. I, didn't, I don't get these revelations from, from the earth. I get them from him. The other day, my wife, I'm closing now. My wife, she, she started to make some planes for, for our little boy. And she started making them. Yup, she, she made a couple you know what I mean? She, she, she put a couple folds in, and I, I said, Masi, that's not going to fly. That's not going to fly, Masi. Masi said, yeah, it's going to fly. I said, no, it's not going to fly. Mommy don't know how to make no airplanes. <laughs> she, she could do a lot, but listen, airplanes belong. Airplane folding belongs to the Father. And I said, I said bring me a piece of paper, Masi. Bring daddy a piece of paper. He, he brought me a piece of paper. We took, her, we took her sorry airplane. That's right. You could tell her I said it too. <laughs> no, don't tell her that. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Don't tell, don't tell her I said that. No, don't tell her I said that. I'm just playing. We took her airplane and we took, this, they, they, these both can't fly. Hey, hey, hey. There you go. Fly. There you go. Woo. And then we flew mine. And, and it flew. See, God knows how to make you fly. The Father knows exactly how to fold you and exactly how to make you. And all you have to do is say, God, take my life. Make me brand new. Fold me into the image of your son. Give me the power after that to fly. Jeremiah says this, 18 verse 4. The vessel that, was, that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. The vessel was marred 
So the potter created a new one. And if like me today, you say, God, put me on the potter's wheel. God, put, put me on the potter's wheel and, and begin. I want to be new. Make me new, God. Make me new. And, and you're here today and you say, I've never, I've never been made new. I've never been born again. Well, this is great because you could start brand new today. Or as if you, like the king Hezekiah, you say, I made some mistakes. I'd love to go back. Well, I'm talking to you too because God, he, he really wants to just give you a new beginning. He wants to regenerate you today. He wants to take your life now and he wants to put his hands on you. Can you stand to your feet with me? And as we close, can you just... Just say, God, make this your prayer today. Come on, just, just put your hands up like this. Say, God, put your hands on me. Fold me. I want to look more like you. I want to just look like him. I want to be like you. Make me new. Make me like Jesus. Oh, if you pray that prayer, that's a dangerous prayer. One more time, make me like Jesus. fold you, form you, call forth from you all that belongs to you. You have the form of godliness and the power. You're not just a plane that can't fly. The Holy Spirit now, it reveals the reality of who God formed you to be. It's greater it's greater than what you're experiencing right now. There is more for you. And I pray right now, God, go back in every one of our lives. Make it new, God. Every mistake washed clean. Make us new, God. Take away every failure, every smudge, every coffee stain on our lives. Take away every stain of the enemy. Dip us in the blood of Jesus now and make us white as snow. We surrender to your hand, God. As the church of the living God, as the bride of the living God, we surrender to your hand. We say, God, fold us, form us, make us like your son. Don't stop forming me, God, until I come to the fullness of the image and the stature of the living God, Jesus. Make me walk like him, God. Make me talk like him, God. Make me gentle and strong like him, God. Make me look like him, God. Change my form from a natural man, from a natural woman 
to the form of your son. Don't stop pressing me until I look like you, Jesus. Don't stop folding me, God, until I come to the image of your son. Now, God, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit, the sensitivity and the leading of God's Holy Spirit to be yours, that your ear would be so sensitive that you would be so alert to his gentle nudge or touch. If you're here today, you say, this is my first time. Pray this prayer with me as all the saints in the room are praying and everyone online is praying. Pray with me this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent. I forfeit my knowledge. I forfeit my wisdom. I forfeit my power. I repent. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. Take this life all soiled and blotted and give me a new one all unspotted. Give it to you today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Can you put your hands together for the living God? Altar ministers are going to make their way forward. And as they do, if you gave your heart to Christ, we want to pray for you. As you go today, I want you to go in the power of regeneration. You've been born again. You now have new life. And you now have new form. And you now have new power. Go in the blessing of the Lord. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. We'll see you this Wednesday, 7 o'clock. God bless you.